Thank you for those of you that are joining us at home. I'm very excited to get to share with you today in preparation of peace, the second week of Advent. We're going to start in Luke chapter 1, verse 76. Um, and uh, so let's just start in right there. This is a beautiful scripture, the prophecy over John the Baptist's life. And um, of course, we know John the Baptist being an incredible prophet, preparing the way of peace before the Lord. So here we go. And the child will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. Tender mercy of our God. I love that. With which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Thank you, Jesus. This is the prophetic word over what John the Baptist is called to do. He was sent to prepare the way of peace, to prepare the way of peace for the coming of the Lord. And, um, and what, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna talk to you today uh, is, is how we are called to the exact same thing. So as we're in the second week of Advent and it's the preparation of peace, it's this liturgical meditation that the church has, has engaged in to take time to remember some of these large themes of the kingdom. And, and, uh, and so this is the same mission that we have and I intend to show you that and then to call you and encourage you in that mission that we have and bring a sharper point to that. So if you come with me to Luke chapter 3, verse, we're going to read verses 2 through 20, because uh, John the Baptist begins then to prepare the way of peace, the preparation of peace for the Messiah. And so he's in the desert and he's speaking to the people of his day. And it says, while Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled. Every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places will be made straight and the rough ways smooth and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. There's a prophetic word that says that, that as we prepare the way of peace, the very geography, the culture, the cities, the things on earth will prepare themselves for the kingdom of heaven to be on earth as it is in heaven. And John the Baptist is the prophet bringing that for Christ coming the first time. And I want to speak to you today because we're in this beautiful epoch season where we know that we're waiting for Christ to come the second time. And our mission is of no less importance nor supernatural nature than what the prophet John came and spoke to the realities that were, here comes Jesus, get ready. And isn't that an exciting thing? There's an authority, there's a grace, there's a spirit of God that's upon us to prepare the way for the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of peace. So preparation of peace actually looks like something. And I want to encourage us with the word of God. And I believe just in the same way that God creates things with words, as we're speaking these words of this scripture and understanding our place in it, that we will also, like John, be faithful to speak and act in line with these scriptures so that we can see our cities prepare for the coming of Jesus today 
and when he comes to finish the job. So let's look at what John does. And first of all, he says this. He says to the multitudes, verse 7, that came out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance, and don't begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God's able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And so the people asked him, saying, what shall we do then? What's awesome about this is that John the Baptist, is, he's preparing the way of peace for people to come into the kingdom. But he does begin with the very real and very important call to repentance to say, you must turn to the Lord. And don't think that just because you have faith in Abraham being your father, that that's enough. You actually have to do something in response to repentance that bears fruit in line with a change in behavior and words that prepares for the coming of the glory of Jesus Christ. You see, there's an authority that's there. In the name of Jesus, I just want to declare to you, we have authority from God to change the nature and the culture of what we see in our places of influence, authority, and responsibilities. All things have been given to Christ, and we are endued with power from on high to make this earth look like the kingdom of heaven up to the level of possibility until Christ comes and finishes the job. We are not in retreat. We are not in hiding. We are in no way, we are in no way impressed. We are in no way concerned, which is a sign of perdition for our enemies, but a sign of salvation for us. We are preparing the way of peace for the second coming of Jesus, not in a defensive way, not in a hidden way, not in a sheepish way, but in a way of peace. Amen? And part of that piece is that we do speak to every situation that we come across. So I want to unpack this because John then, he begins to speak to each person in their situation, in their place of influence, responsibility, and authority, and calls there to be fruit of repentance that, that is an action. It looks like something. So let's, let's see what it looks like. Verse 7, um, or sorry, not verse 7, they, uh, verse 10, so the people asked him saying, okay, Whoa, what shall we do then? He answered and he said to them, Well, he who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. So he says to the person, listen, what's in your hand? What do you, what are you have influence, authority, and responsibility for? He didn't ask him to take responsibility for things he doesn't have responsibility for. He says, you got two tunics? All right, here's what you do. Here's what preparing the way of peace for the glory of the Lord looks like. You got two tunics and you see someone near you that needs that, then give them one of yours. He didn't say give them both your tunics and go naked. He didn't say repent for the system of tunics. He just said you take what's in your hands and give him part of it. If you got a sandwich, <laughs> do likewise. Give him one of your sandwiches. Let him eat as well. Amen? All right, then the tax collectors came to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what do we do? So the IRS shows up. Hey, we're here. City council shows up. Hey, we're here. What do we do? And he says to them this. 
He says to him, collect no more than what is appointed for you. So he's speaking to the local government. He's saying, you actually need to be commensurate in what is right and just with the kingdom of heaven so that there's equity and balance, justice for the things that are needed. And don't go above and beyond that. You should be fair and honest in the taxes that you're bringing. And you personally don't rob other people. Don't, don't be taken a little on the side. Do away with that nonsense. You need to repent unto the kingdom. Change your behaviors up to your level of responsibility and influence and authority. You act in alignment with the kingdom. You're preparing the way of peace, the preparation of peace for the king of glory who's coming. Amen? And it goes further. Likewise, the soldier asked him, saying, the soldiers asked him, saying, and what shall we do? And so he says to them, don't intimidate anyone or accuse falsely, and you need to be content with your wages. So he's talking to the, he's talking to the police. He's saying, they said, well, what do we do to come in and prepare? How do we bring a preparation of peace for the coming of the Lord? And he says, up to your level of responsibility and authority and influence. Don't use your authority against people and intimidate them. Don't use fear tactics. Don't, you, know, you need to do what you're called to do. And then also, you need to stop being, you need to quit coveting. Quit, quit thinking you need to earn a little on the side. I'm telling you that you're, you need to be content with your wages. So each of these people, as they're coming to John the Baptist, who's preparing the way for the Lord, preparing the people for the glory of the Lord. He gives them an action that says you need to respond in line with this. It's fruits of repentance that line up. You've got to actually change something in your life. It's not just that you say, oh, well, I believe in the God of Abraham. Good. That's great that you believe in the God of Abraham. But his son Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is coming, and upon his shoulder is the government of peace, and of its increase, there will be no end. And if you're in that kingdom, there'll be a difference in your behavior. You'll change the way that you live up to your level of responsibility, authority, and influence. He doesn't ask the person with the sandwiches to do what he asked to do the person that was a police officer, the soldiers. You see that? He says, listen, it's the thing that you actually have in influence and responsibility and authority over. That's where I'm calling you to this place. Think about the brilliance of the way God has laid this out. You see, oftentimes I think that we, you know, we read the news, we see the different things that are going on, we get this idea of like, I got to change the world. And that's true. That is true. We are here changing the world. The kingdoms of this earth are becoming the kingdoms of our God. And that is an unfolding, an incredible thing. And when we pan out and we see that, it's extraordinary. But then when we think like, well, how do I do that? You know, it's like, am I supposed to be the governor? Like, I don't know. And the answer is probably to everybody in this room, unless the Lord's called you, it's probably no. But it might be to you. How many tunics do you have? It, 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 we, we are all changed. We are all able to engage and prepare the way for the king of glory, the preparation of peace through the things that are actually in front of us. And we've got to value that and see that. I really believe that where most of us get discouraged is because we fail to see that the preparation of peace, the preparation for the second coming of Jesus is actually in our hands right now. The things that are in front of you right now, that's where God called you. That's where you're shining brightest. That's where you actually have. If you want to know where the preparation of peace is for you for the coming of the glory of the Lord, look at the place where you have authority, influence, and responsibility. And let me tell you something. Your authority is directly proportionate to your responsibility. You don't have more authority than you have responsibility. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? 
If you've got two sandwiches, that's how much authority you have. You have two sandwiches worth of authority. But use that responsibility and influence to use those sandwiches for his glory to prepare the way for the Lord so that that place that you're in looks like the kingdom of heaven because the king of glory is coming a second time. And until he does, his kingdom will continue to increase and we're engaged with that increase. That's what the preparation of peace is about. When we take this time to meditate on that, that's what we're looking at. So John the Baptist is, is called to come and speak this prophetic word to the world. And it, and it goes on. It goes on. Now as the people, verse 15, now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ or not, John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. This is intense, isn't it? I mean, here we are. You guys are like, it's Christmas, man. Calm down. But here's what's incredible about this is that Jesus is coming again, and the hope that we have in him is, is commensurate with the power and authority and the call that we have. And it does mean that those who are against, who reject the Lord, he's saying like, listen, if you reject me, you really will answer for what you're rejecting. And those of us that are called to be a part of the kingdom, the stakes really are high. And we really are preparing the peace. Think about that word peace for a minute with me, okay? Think of the word peace. We, we, we talk a lot about peace. It's also shalom, right? Yes, there's an absence of war, but there's also the presence of everything is whole and in its place. You know, when we've talked about this in the past, you guys are familiar with this concept. Everything is whole and accounted for and in its place. It's missing nothing, the shalom, right? When we pray in, in Jeremiah 29, we pray for the shalom of the city, that there would be lack of war, that there would be peace, that there would be people in their places, that everyone would have wholeness, that's the preparation of peace that we're called to here. And for those that are working against the wholeness of cities, they are aligning themselves with the enemy of our souls. And the Lord's like, look, I have a plan for Satan and those that choose to align themselves with him. Notice I said choose to align themselves with him. And, and that's part of this message of peace. So, so this thing does call for a response like, oh, wow, I'm actually, like when the king of glory comes, he doesn't just show up and he's like, lollipops for everyone. He, he comes to reward us according to our works and there's an action step, there's a response that we're actually having because of what he has accomplished and the victory that he's brought. And he has a plan, he has a goal, and he's calling us to that. So there's a preparation for him coming. Are you guys seeing this? And, and as John the Baptist is preaching this strong prophetic word to his, to his culture, did you catch that? He's preaching a strong prophetic word to his culture of justice and equity and righteousness and fairness and generosity and goodness and honesty, right? You see this? When they said, what do we do to prepare? He says, you take your influence, your authority, your responsibility, and you put it in alignment with the kingdom, with these things. And that means you're preparing for the prince of peace because you're, you're bringing peace. Does that make sense? This is a, a huge call. So they're repenting and they're turning. And then it says, but Herod, the tetrarch, essentially the governor, 
being rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, he added also to this, above all, that he shut John up in, in prison. So John is bringing a prophetic word, the preparation of peace for the king of glory to come in, and he's preaching it directly and prophetically without flinching to the least of these to the greatest of these. You guys see that? He doesn't have a different message for the governor than he does for the sandwich person. It's the same message. What do you have influence, responsibility, and authority over? Bring that into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. This is how you repent unto and receive the mercy of God. How many of you guys know God's not looking to come in and bring the hammer? He wants to come in and bring mercy. He wants to bring healing. He's the one that wants to bring shalom. This, this thing we're preparing for, this thing that we're extending, the fullness of which will happen when Christ comes, but is already happening because Christ has come, is the government of peace. It's the kingdom of heaven. It looks like the kingdom everywhere that it is. No matter how many times you slice it, it looks like the kingdom. So whether it's getting, whether, whether someone hands me a sandwich and says, the kingdom of heaven has come near you, and you're like, this is amazing. Or you go to the IRS person and they go, the kingdom of heaven has come with you. And you're like, this is amazing. Or you go to the governor. The requirement is the same because we are each in our area of influence, responsibility, and authority able to extend repentance unto the kingdom. Does that make sense? You're using that in such a way that his whole earth is being prepared to receive the king of glory when he comes again. It's very direct, isn't it? So then, so then it goes further. So, he, so part of the mission of John is he preaches repentance from something. He preaches a change in behavior in the things that were responsible, influential, and have authority over. And he makes no excuse whether you're great or small. The message stays the same. That was what John came to do in preparation of the way of peace. Preparation for the king of glory who's coming. Now look what happens uh, come with me to Luke chapter 7, verse 20. When the men had come to him, speaking of Jesus, and they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And, and that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. So Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you've seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. When the messengers of John had departed, he began to speak to the multitudes concerning John. What did you go out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who are gorgeously appareled and live in luxury are in king's courts. But what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I will send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. So we just talked about what John was doing to prepare the way before Jesus' coming, bringing the kingdom onto the earth. He says, this is who that is. This is John. He's come to prepare the way of peace, to prepare the way before my coming. Now catch this. For I say to you, verse 28, among those born of women, there's not a greater prophet than John the Baptist, 
but he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Jesus just pivoted and said, this whole mission that John has, that's your mission. And in fact, the least in the kingdom of heaven is even greater than John the Baptist. Because we, later we see, we receive this, the Holy Spirit of God actually lives in us. And we are called then for the preparation of peace to call out to the whole world, prepare the way of the world. And we do it in the same way that John was called. But we have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in us, helping us with that mission. Come with me to uh, Matthew 28. You guys are very familiar with this. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's the same commission that John the Baptist was given in Isaiah. Go and prepare the way of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus is coming. He's coming a second time. He came and fulfilled the scriptures. He came, he died, he rose again. He brought the kingdom in and he says, now all authority has been given to me. Therefore, now you go and prepare the way of the Lord because I will come again. And we know in uh, Revelations 4, 4, right? Behold, I'm coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to their works. We are, we are called to the exact same mission, each of us. And so, so when we look at this practically, and this is where, this is where I want to say, we, we see the bigness of this mission. I don't think anybody here is like, wow, I've never even realized we had such a big mission. I think we all know it's a big mission. In fact, I think sometimes it's such a big mission, we almost like divorce our imagination from it because we're like, well, I'm not a governor, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not the president of the school board. I'm not the superintendent of schools. I'm not the chief of police. You know, I'm not, uh, uh, I don't have a PhD yet. Get one, but yet. So I can't, I can't do that. I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. And so then it's easy to kind of divorce ourselves from the practical application of what God's actually called us to do. And what he's called us to do is up to your level of influence and responsibility and authority to engage doing the very thing that Jesus taught us to do and beginning to see those behaviors change. And as you do it, as you do it, people see and encounter the way that you're living, the way that you're talking, the way that you're giving, the way that you're organizing your business, the way that you run your family, and they go, this, this is different than, than the world. You operate differently. And this is the place where we actually begin to see the kingdoms of this world become like the kingdoms of heaven. But we are called to this same mission. And as we're meditating in this season of Christmas, we're meditating on, yes, Jesus came the first time. It's incredible. He fulfilled all those scriptures. He defeated the enemy. He took back authority over the earth. But he's going to come again, and he's going to finish the job. Now, I want to share a couple thoughts with you, um, in, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. I, I want... I want us to catch a hold of this. Are you guys seeing the connection here? What an, incredible, what an incredible picture of what John the Baptist got to do and that in this season, as we wait for him to come again, that we're called to that same ministry to say to the valleys that are low, rise up. 
to the places that are crooked, be straight. To the mountains that are high, come down. What are we talking about here? We're talking about culture changing to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus Christ, who will finish this great work. We're speaking to those proud places that need to come down, that are exalting themselves, these seven mountains of the world, exalting themselves unto the doctrine of demons. And we're saying, no, you rise down and prepare for the coming of the Lord. But he's also going to the crooked spaces and saying, you, straighten up. But how do we do that? The way that we do that is in our places of responsibility, influence, and authority. And as each of us does that, you see it's just like the yeast that gets mixed into the loaf and it all rises. When we're all engaging in those places and spaces, it begins to change. But we have to understand you have been anointed by God. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You are not purposeless. You are not powerless. You are exactly where you're supposed to be right now. You're in the right place at the right time with the right people, the right God, and the right mission. And all we need to do is to continue to see it, to draw upon the Spirit of God, to understand our mission, and to engage in that place, showing through our actions and words the superiority and the goodness and the peace of God in preparation of Him finishing that great work. Isn't that beautiful? You see, we are on mission right now. We are here. I want to talk to you about what, what did Jesus come to do? He came to seek and save that which was lost. He came to, let me put it, let me put it in some language of, of today. We're here to advance the kingdom of God, but what it looks like, what it looks like on earth is that we're here for the advancement of human flourishing. If you're talking with somebody who doesn't yet believe in Jesus, but they look at your life and you're like, look, I am committed to human flourishing. I am committed to see all humans have absolute respect, honor, care, access, training, help, joy, kindness. Like, I want to see systems that make humans flourish. They neither hold this one back nor elevate that one. They don't forget this one and then only care about this one. No, no, no. I'm here to see that everybody who's made in the image of God is treated like they're made in the image of God. To the world, we say, I'm here to say that every single person, that they have rights, that they are intrinsically valuable, that they can speak freely, that they can act in, up, upon the dreams of their heart, and that they can continue so that they can flourish. And people go, I can get behind that. And then when they look at your life, they go, how do you do that? And you say, well, I make sandwiches. And I make sure that people who don't have sandwiches have access to them. And they look at your life and they go, I love this. I love this. That could change the world. That could change the world. And whatever your area of engagement is, that you understand that you are filled with the Spirit of God so that you can make these adjustments to prepare the way for the fullness and the culmination of when Christ finishes that job. But it's expanding. Are you guys catching this? Now, one of the things that's so brilliant about the way that God has done this is that he has, he has come, but he's also coming again. And so we're able to consistently in our lives right now have a prophetic voice in one another's lives, but also to the world. And we don't become triumphalistic in the sense of telling people like, well, we got this, like we got it all figured out. And so just come in and do what we say. We're the smartest people in the room. That's not how we go. We're humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of the Prince of Peace, 
whose gospel is expanding, but we have an orientation of hope. We have an orientation where we're looking towards the coming of Jesus, knowing that we won't finish the job without him. And what this does is this actually causes us to have a a position of being willing to self-critique, being willing to make adjustments as we go, being willing to look at the scriptures and look at his coming and go, well, we definitely aren't gonna finish it all ourselves, but we can get it way far down the road, but we make adjustments as we go. When we make a mistake, we look at it and go, well, everything hasn't arrived. The kingdom is here, but the kingdom's also coming. So therefore, I can look at this, look at the scriptures and say, oh, Lord, we're making a mistake. Let's make an adjustment. We actually self-critique. Are you guys seeing that? If it was all already here, there'd be no reason to self-critique. But because it's still coming, it keeps us in a position of humility that it is here and he's coming. So therefore, we go, oh, there's a consistent, upward, hope-filled, confident movement towards us, towards the kingdom of heaven, and the kingdom of heaven towards us. Does that make sense? Maybe that was just my favorite part, and it was an aside. God came to save these cities of this world. God came to redeem the things that were lost, and he loves cities. I want to encourage us in this time in preparation of peace that you are rightfully and perfectly positioned to extend his kingdom right now. I want to encourage you right now in this preparation of peace that we are pulling heaven towards earth. It says, our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. So we're saying, God, let heaven come to earth. But, but we also recognize that he is pulling earth towards heaven. That there's, that there's this time where it all culminate, culminates so we can always be confident in knowing that it's always expanding. It's always continuing to grow, that we're calling and preparing in peace. We're preparing for the coming of the Lord. And there will come a suddenly. We will suddenly receive the fullness of our prayers. God says to us, you've done well. There'll, there'll come a point where, where every person that, that, ha, that, that ha, every person will have heard, everyone who has rejected will have had an opportunity to reject, everyone who God wants born so that he, they have an opportunity to receive or reject them based on their decision is born, and that the kingdom has been extended in its fullness and preparation through us, the ecclesia, the church, the called out ones, to where he says, okay. I'm coming, and he comes, and we're reaching, we're, we're pulling heaven towards us, and he's pulling earth towards him, and then boom, we meet in the sky, but you know what he does? He doesn't meet in the sky and then take us to heaven. That's not what the scriptures say. It says that we meet in the sky, and then he creates a new heaven and a new earth. He finishes the redemption of those things. It says, I will create a new heaven and a new earth. Why? Because he designed it well the first time. And we're here redeeming those things and making the kingdoms of this earth into the kingdoms of our God. Now, we can't finish it, but we're preparing the way for it. Do you see this? And it continues to expand. And so when this happens, when this happens, when this, when this exchange happens, then God is going to say to us, you've done well. You've done well. And he will release then the fullness of that redemption. But it won't be 
somewhere else. It won't be something that we don't recognize. Do you understand? And when he comes, he's going to say, you've done a great job driving this Volkswagen. Now, here's the keys to the Bugatti. And, we'll, and, we'll, and he'll go, but I know you can handle it because you've already been practicing it here on earth. You've already been driving this. You've already been extending my kingdom. You've already been moving faithfully in everything that you influence and have responsibility and authority for, and you understood it, and you prepared the way for me to come. And all these people who have been touched by the kingdom and how it operates, they already now understand how to operate in this new earth. This, they can drive the Bugatti too. Are you guys seeing that? So our hope is in the Lord Jesus, yes. That's why we're so confident, because he is coming to finish the work. But our confidence is in Christ that we are preparing the way for him to come. And he will come to cities that are under the influence of the kingdom. Yes, there will be those places that are dark. The scripture says that. It says the darkness will increase, but it says also that the light will increase. And I want you to be encouraged right now this Christmas. I want you to be encouraged as we meditate on the preparation of peace that you are the right person in the right place at the right time to prepare the way of the Lord, that you were born for this, that you have the Spirit of God in you, and that you, you, you are bringing the gospel of the kingdom and the influence of the king into your area of responsibility and influence. And you know what? He is pleased with you. And you are preparing that Jesus will come and finish that great work. But until he does, know that you, you are the one he chose for this area of responsibility. He chose you. And he is not in any way disappointed with the choice he made. So may we all, like, the John, like John the Baptist, knowing that we're even greater than John the Baptist, are called to that same preparation of the way of peace, saying, come Lord Jesus, Come, Lord Jesus, and come into this place where we've already prepared the way of peace. Amen? Amen. I want to pray for you guys. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the call that you've given us. I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. I pray for every person right now, those that are joining us online, those that are here, that you, in Jesus' name, be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit. I speak to every discouragement, every situation, every stronghold. Bow, 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 bow to the name of Jesus. I pray for the Holy Spirit of God to fill each individual afresh today with the vision, the anointing, and the joy of your kingdom right now, Lord. I pray that this Christmas would be a season of extraordinary breakthrough in relationships, in places of influence, in health. And for those that you've prepared to be able to handle it in finances, God, I see you bringing um, promotion to many people, relationally, influentially, and I thank you for that, God. For those that are struggling with discouragement right now, God, I pray for your courage to come. For those that are struggling with sickness right now, we, we ask for mercy and healing in the name of Jesus. 
And God, we praise you because you are working right now, Lord. So with the peace and the joy and the righteousness of the Holy Spirit now, we go and we continue in this great work to prepare the way for your coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. If you need any prayer or encouragement, please come. I'd love to pray with you. And, uh, and uh, I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you.